Welcome back to Season 7 of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. This show is a live Q&A show that happens every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for one purpose, to help you be the teacher that you're called to be, the teacher that you always dreamed of being. We recognize that Sundays can be the most stressful day of the week in the education world, so we gather as a community to prepare together for the upcoming week. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? It's Sunday Night Teacher Talk. Um, and on the front end, I want to say two things. One, the sound is a little off this week. Uh, we are missing a part. And living in the desert, it takes things longer to get to your house than it does when you live in the city. So we are waiting for said part to come in. Uh, so it should be fixed by next week. But if you're listening to this and you're like, sounds kind of like garbage, Reynolds. Uh, we realize that and we are working on it. Um, the other thing is, uh, if you all are not following us on Instagram, we are, it's, it's Halloween this week and we, Halloween's a big deal and all holidays basically are a big deal in our house, including Groundhog's Day and, uh, and French fry, National French fry day plays a big role in our house <laughs> for my daughter. So the... If you're not following us on Instagram, if you want to check out our this year's family costume, you can go over there to the Real Rap with Reynolds, Real Rap with Reynolds on Instagram. It's and on there. Yes, it is. Yeah. And then that's it. Look, if this is your first time here, then the gig is all you got to do is drop question or cue in the chat and then write your question. It can be about anything. It can be about school and life. All these things are intermixed. And uh, look, if I don't have the answer, someone else is going to answer you in the comment section. So just pay attention. And uh, sometimes I just don't have an answer, period. And I just will let you know that because I don't know all things. But we're here to kind of make this upcoming week better. We realize that Sunday is the scariest night of the week for folks. And so trying to help you to be the best teacher that you can tomorrow. That doesn't mean the best teacher you'll ever be either. It just means the mm. best teacher you can be tomorrow. So how can you be a little bit better on Monday than you were on Friday? Uh, that's kind of the goal here. Because this is, uh, as Simon Sinek calls it, the infinite game, right? We never arrive. We're always, we're always building towards the better version of ourselves. So with that, if you have a question, um, throw it in there. And I'd be happy to, to answer it. We're also working off one computer right now because we still got this desert internet going on too. That'll be fixed Thursday. Um, Yay! Uh, we have a beautiful comment. Uh, would you I was, like gonna, to I was just reading that. I was. Gonna... Uh, Camille says, "Hi, I've been watching your channel for years, and in August I got my first full-time teaching job. I'm excited, or I'm exhausted and frustrated. But when I watch your videos, it reminds me what's really important." Thank so, you. I will say this: first of all, thank you. Second of all, don't let those videos fool you. Some here's the thing that folks don't know. There were days when I had to shoot a video when I had like some of the most difficult days I've had in the classroom. But I show up to do the work, and teaching's a lot like that too. So it's uh, you know I've said it a million times before. It bears repeating though. When you're having a difficult time, it's important to just like pour into you, and know that this is an ever going process. That you will get better. Teaching's a craft, and that you will get better and better over time. But thanks so much for for saying that. I really really appreciate it. Um, let's do this. So I'll let you, you do that. Um, gosh, what am I thinking of? Uh, I'm on to, well, if folks are kind of looking, so I have a couple new videos coming out. One of them is my morning routine. I haven't done one of those in a while. And one is the evening routine. Uh, I usually said it's blurry. So do your little hand. It's blurry? Yeah. It's not on this end, but I don't know. Um, do your thing. All right. Here's my, here's how I fix that. I do my hand. <laughs> you can see all my calluses and, uh, yeah, okay. that might be you, my, you should put that blurriness on me all the time. <laughs> uh, so, but I've been checking out this new podcast called a bit of optimism, which is a Simon Sinek podcast. And that has been really great. And I even love the title of, I think that more of us could use a bit of optimism and I thought about doing a video about this, but he did such a good job that I don't know if I even need to reiterate it, but 
it was the difference between optimism and positivity and uh it was a great episode to listen to. So that's my new, like one of my new go-to yeah. podcasts while I'm doing work and getting stuff done. Yeah, okay, let's see, I'm right around there, but on here. Yeah, ours looks. Well, my phone looks blurry, but our computer doesn't. So strange. I don't know. It might be this desert internet. I have no idea. Like this, like us on here looks good, but I'm not really, I'm not certain what's up with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, I had a question. Uh, Lopez, I didn't see you on Friday night either. I dropped by the uh, the Zoom that y'all are on. Uh, are you ready for a question? Yeah, hit it. All right, Laura. I hope the blurriness, I hope it fixes itself. I don't really know what to do uh, with that one. Cross your eyes a little bit. It might get better. Or put on <laughs> someone else's glasses and it might look perfect. Uh, Laura's saying, hi, Reynolds and Not-So-Secret Wife. I am thrilled to see you both on camera each week. How did you come to that decision after years of only CJ being shown? Um, do you want to tell the story? No, go ahead. You. Okay. He forced me. <laughs> no, I mean, so I kind of sort of. So the the reality of it is is that like when you're doing a show like this, uh, I wanted to do it really well. Like we wanted to do it with a level of excellence, and that has grown over the years, right? So like we went from having heat lamps that I borrowed from the science department in the school on we would turn. Uh, stools. stools upside down on the table and then clamp the heat lamps and that was my light. There's been a lot of iterations of, of things like that. And so when we kept going, I couldn't find the questions. There was so much conversation in the chat, which is what we wanted because we want to, and we want to encourage that this is not like a talking head show, that this is a communal activity that people are in the chat. But I couldn't keep an eye on the chat look for questions and talk at the same time because also multitasking is not a skill that I possess on any level. So my, we had I tried to be the silent partner on the side. I like, didn't want to be known to the audience that I was there because being on camera is not my jam, but through the years of doing this, you kind of just kept talking to me, whether I was, cause I was just there. Well, or you would say something to me and then it became like a- I tried to silently or like write it real fast on a note to you. Yeah, it wasn't gonna work. But, but uh, so it, that just kept happening. It was like, well, it's just kind of weird that you're off to the side. It's kind of funny for a while. Like we even thought about having hoodies made with a shirt. Cause my wife used to just like put her hand in there and we were gonna have like <laughs> from here to here on shirt. Uh, and sell not so secret white footies, but you know, it just is became easier this way. It confused and, a lot of people. They were like, "Why is this other voice on there?" But there's no face. So yeah. I think just for the progression of things, it ended up just being easier for me to to jump on camera, which is was really weird in the beginning, and it's a little bit easier now. But yeah, I like it better because I think it's it's just easier to kind of have that conversation. It is, but there's that's why there's two cameras because I don't want to sit on here all the time that I. But you're also you. doing other stuff. You, like, I am. She's I'm not at like looking and at the camera, and so texting people, and doing other stuff yes. too, and handling kids. All right. Well, here's a question for you. Audra uh, at Made New Ministries is saying, Reynolds, do you deal with uh, how do you how do you deal with a parent who is aggressive with staff and thinks everyone is lying? It's really stressful. I've been teaching for 10 years, but I'm ready for a change. So. When I'm dealing with parents that are. Aggressive. One, I have to re I have to remind myself I have to do a couple of things that are counterintuitive to me. Because my, my, not just my intuition, I think my personality in general is to fight back, is to like have it out with someone. Like, you're not going to talk to me like that. We're just going to have it out. But I know that that is um, kind of the, that's the part of me that I don't want to, it, that, 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 not only is that not who I want to be, it doesn't serve the issue well right? Like, I'm not going to win that. I'm not going to like stick it to a parent and they're just going to fold and be like, oh, right. So, you know, like I'm not, I have zero interest in that. My goal in everything is to figure out how we can move forward. And if that is my true goal, then I have to go into it differently. I find that a lot of parents that come at you with a lot of aggression are either expecting you to come back aggressive or for you to fold. I'm not going to do either one of those. 
even if I feel like doing both of them sometimes, I instead come back at parents with, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that we're talking about this. I'm so glad that you brought this to my attention that you like thought enough to like come into the school. Like this is so great that we're going to have this conversation. I want them to be surprised by my joy and by my willingness to sit down and have this conversation because that off that no one's expecting that it like, it, it just is like a, it like pumps the brakes a lot of times. I then let parents know, Hey, look, can I just, would you mind if I say one thing before we even get into this, which is also parents are not sure what you're about to say. I then let them know that I want you to know that I'm so glad you came in today because I, you, above all else, before we even get into anything that's going on above all else, my true goal is for student success. And I really want your student to be successful this year, more successful than, than they even thought they could be. So whatever we're working through, please know that before I even we even say anything like that is it. I'm not interested in being right. I'm not interested in, in your kid just listening to what I say because I said it. Not, none of that. I just want your kid to be successful. That puts you on the same, that takes you from you and a parent being on opposite sides. So you guys being on the same, that's a weird hand thing that I'm doing here, but like <laughs> to being on the same side, right? We're not opposing one another. We're teammates now, whether they want to admit it or not. That really helps. The other piece is, I think, is, and then it's moving through that conversation and really listening to them, not cutting them off, really, truly listening to everything they have to say. But when it's my turn to speak, I'm going to say what I need to say as well. And, and you won't speak over me. And so that takes a little bit of, of nuance, a little bit of balance in there. The other thing I think that really helps is if you know of, so one, I will never meet with a parent that just shows up to school. If you, you have to make an appointment because I have to be prepared. You can't just show up and then you're in the office. I've been called down to those meetings before. And um, I'm going to tell you, this is a thing that many people won't do and feel like they're going to get fired if they do it. If the principals, because I've had these principals that are in the office, angry mom comes up to the school, says, I want to meet right now. I want Mr. Reynolds down here right now. And so, or, or Mr. Reynolds and th these two other people, right? I get a call from the office. Hey. Can you come to the office? There's a parent here that wants to speak with you. Who's the parent? What, like, give me the, I need to know some back. What am I walking into? Well, the principal's sitting down with that parent and they want you to come in. She's pretty heated. Uh, you're going to have to let them know that I'm in the middle of something and I'm not able to come down right now. Even if the principal comes to my room, I'm not able to do that meeting right now. I need heads up. I'm not just going to be like, just, you're just going to show up and like sneak attack me. And that allows both people to show up like not on fire. There, that going into that meeting isn't going to help anyone. I'm not just doing this because I don't want to, but, but it doesn't, it's not, it is not a healthy space that either one of us are coming into this with to really have that meeting. The other thing is, is there someone in your building that is a neutral, someone that the parent either gets along with or at least doesn't hate? And having that neutral in there, because sometimes a parent won't hear what you have to say because it's you, no matter, even if you're saying the perfect thing, but having someone to back you, having someone to help that parent navigate through some of that stuff and for maybe to help you understand some things as well. That's a good person to have in there. And I always had my same like two people that I would were like, yo, I have a meeting tomorrow with this person. Would you mind like walking in with me? to help me to be like the cooler in the meeting. And that has, I've had great success with that as well. All right, our next uh, question is coming from Patty Cakes. Uh, she's asking, I have three 10th grade classes, 90 minutes each. The smallest class is the last class of the day. The students, there are students who can't stop talking and or laughing, quite immature. Suggestions? Uh, gosh, that's weird for 10th grade too, because I feel like 10th grade- For real? Yeah, ninth grade is like that, but tenth grade tries to get like they're like a little more mature and a little cooler, and they look at the ninth grade like guys are dumb. So, to me, it comes down to a couple of things. It is lessening downtime. It's it's a lot of things that I've talked about. Like I guess I know I've talked about this in other videos, but I'll just kind of like 
take a bunch of ideas and kind of squish them together here for you. So one of them is you have kids that are coming in and they're really talkative. They're talkative a lot of times, I think, because they either don't think what we're doing is important or they don't, or they think they can just get it done whenever they want to get it done. And that they'll make it, oh, oh I'm sorry, oh, please, hold on, I'll do it right now. No. When you come in, I have a video about like how to start your class. It is as soon as you come in, there's work on your desk. It is like as soon as that bell rings, you have until the bell rings. I don't care if you're talking then, but when you come in, you're in a seat and you're in your appropriate seat because once that bell rings and you're not in the right seat, then we have an issue. And then there's work immediately. There's also a timer connected to that work so that you are there is it is imperative that you finish now. Like you have five minutes to do this. And at the end of five minutes, myself or someone else is going to collect that paper and you do not have extra time. Um, and then it's, that's how class kind of runs. It's that tight, tight schedule of thing to thing, to thing, to thing. So that if you're not paying attention, there's an issue. Now I will say this, that when I often have last period of the day, so my last period of the day would be eighth period. I typically am getting done my lesson faster than I did the rest of the day. It just, I have it, it's just more fine-tuned. I cut out the, the the nonsense. Maybe there's not as much participation there, so not as many people want to share, answer questions or whatever. But for whatever reason, it goes, it goes way shorter. That being said, um, I don't mind giving kids the end of the period if we do go short. But that's an incentive. So the incentive is on the front end, listen, y'all, if, if we can get through what we need to get through today, one, you're not going to have homework because I only have homework in my classes if we don't get done what we need to get done in class. Um, and that is measured to a T. So like it should never, ever happen, even if there are some hiccups, like we should get done. Two, I will give you the end of the period if we can get through what we need to get through. So you're going to get about five minutes or so just to yourselves. Now that time you have to be careful with it. I, I, I think I either, I just got a video about this on Thursday about how to kind of like make sure you have a tight end of your period. So it's not madness, but what I'm trying to do is ins- give them some level of incentive that at the end of the day, because look, to be honest with you, right? They're only 15, 16 years old. That is a lot of school. So school being seven to eight hours a day of most schools having no downtime, having 20 minute lunches, having no recess. In the city, we were not required to have gym. So students did not even have gym. There was no physical outlet. So we're taking kids at the most energetic, one of the most energetic times of their lives. And then we're putting, telling them to sit down and shut up for eight hours a day. That's a lot to ask of kids. So if I can provide you this incentive, which looks like I am trying to like, look, listen, y'all, I know what it's like. I know what you're going through. I'm going to hook it up, but I need to get this stuff done first. Then if someone's not, if Aaron or uh, or Tim are not acting accordingly, you know, Aaron's just, are y'all, y'all notice Aaron's just like, like, we're not even getting time at the end of the period right now because Aaron and Tim keep talking to one another. Oh, now Aaron's touching. T- okay. Now we have a whole another situation. So the kids will sort of manage themselves and then we can move forward. If that doesn't work with the time at the end, I think my primary piece of advice would be you have to have it super planned out and don't feel like here's this is, this is maybe a longer answer than I need to get into or want to get into right now is not all, I have the same lesson. We don't have to do it the same way. So if we can't handle like reading together, if we can't handle reading a play together, if we can't handle the out of our seat activity because we have, because there's too much energy and I know we can't handle it, we can just do it a different way. I am not, I am all about having fun in the classroom, but you know what I'm about more than that? I'm about student success. And so I am, I never get disappointed that I can't do something that I want to do in class. Well, I largely don't. Sometimes I do get aggravated because I, because it's something I, know they're going to love and they just won't act accordingly, but it's figuring out like having an alternative way that this is going to be the quieter, more calm down version. Cause that's what y'all need, right? Like this is how you're going to find success. And I just tell kids, look, I was going to do it like this and I'm not into guilting anyone. 
I was going to do it like this, but I see we're not finding success like this. So here's how we're going to do it instead. And I have to try really hard not to try and guilt kids in that, even though um, you grew up in a very Catholic family and we just, we slung guilt around like it was, uh, like it was nobody's business. So I have to be really mindful of that when I'm doing that as well. That's really funny. Slinging guilt, man. Oh, goodness. All right. Uh, Rebecca Butters is up next. Um, she's asking how to work with multiple powers, but one in particular who won't follow directions and talks really loud. Principal and vice principal have talked to her and it hasn't changed nine weeks into school. And she argues with me in front of the kids. I've talked to her individually, too. Mm. Rebecca, man, that's. Uh... Hmm. I'm trying to figure that one out because I'm, I'm, there's a couple ways I would deal with that. So it kind of like, I'll, I'll tell you what's sticking me first, that when I don't know exactly what's going on, like if I knew the scenario, I might be able to <clears throat> give a piece of advice, but I would say by and large, nine weeks in, Principal and vice principal, I've talked to them. I need to start having a print. I need to start having a conversation with the administration about what's going to be best for kids. It's not even what's best for me. Although, right, what's best for me is what's best for kids. When I'm happy, when I'm, when I have what I need, when I'm teaching in a safe place, when I'm teaching and feel like I have the autonomy, when I have the things that I need, the, the ingredients that I need to have success, then things are great. When I, I'm dealing with, I've had some really horrible co-teachers before. And when I'm not, when those issues are happening, then it just ruins the, it ruins the whole vibe of the whole energy of the classroom and the kids pick up on it and they know it. So to the point where like, if that person's absent one day, the kids are like, oh my gosh, Mr. Reynolds, I hate when that dude is here or I hate when she's here. And it's like, uh, I would just want to tell you I do too, but I'm not going to tell you that. So what I've done in the past is gone to admin and saying, this is not working out. Like it is not my job to manage this individual. It's my job to meet them where they are, to have conversations, to go in you with like, I've done all the things, but they, at, at the end of the day, Rebecca, here's the thing. They're a grown up. like act accordingly know that you don't have like i don't know where you come from but like having an argument in front of the students is always like the dumbest thing we need to be a united front even if we don't get along we need to pretend that we're getting along and so that is and and then be a professional like show up as a professional and so when we're not doing that it is you need to find a different placement for this person maybe my room is not the place but I would put it on administration to handle this because there's only so much we can do. It's just like with kids, right? Like if you have a student that's completely out of pocket all the time and you've done all the things, you've called home, you've written it up, you've had meetings, you've involved the people that need to be involved, you've, you've done all the stuff, there's only so much I can do in the classroom then. Because oftentimes, and I know that administration doesn't like this, so this is, so teachers don't do it, but they need to go have that conversation with the people that are in charge because it is their job to help figure this out. I can't figure out another adult and teach a class. I'm like juggling fire all and all of a sudden you want to put like an ill-tempered chainsaw in there. What? So that's what I would do is go to administration. And then when you're done those administrative meetings, follow up with an email. So I'd have them face to face but I followed with the email saying like, thank you so much for talking about it. I'm so glad that we've decided to do this, this, and this, or what I heard from you is this, this, and this. So now there's documentation of that as well. So later on, should you have an administrator that's like, goes, I didn't say that, or I don't remember doing that. It's like, bro, this is a writing right now. So we like, I already know. So that's how I would kind of move forward with that as well. And I'm sorry, that sucks. It's, it's such a pain in the butt to deal with folks that, that, can't act accordingly. Um, and I, I would say this last thing, Rebecca, is there something, is there a, a better version of you that could show up, right? And I say that without any kind of blame or trying to put something on you, but it's really like when I have issues with people, I have to 
really hold a mirror up and say like, am I, am I being unreasonable? Am I, were they really yelling? We're like, it's really just kind of asking myself those questions so that I'm sure that I, that things are clear with me too. I was going to ask, do you, is it wrong if, if I was her, I would go up to that teacher and say like, like a real direct, like, why do you keep doing this to us in front of the teacher? Like, we need to be united. I would be very direct with the teacher in private, obviously, or the para, but is that not? No, because I'm kind of assuming that that already happened if she had a conversation. Well, maybe her. it was just the nice first one, right? Yeah. Like, please don't do this kind of a thing. I wouldn't come at it like that, but then my next level would be like, hi, yeah, you keep you keep doing it. Why are we doing this? Like, yeah. I, before I went to admin. But, Absolutely. Um, because that might just put her on offense, though, and make her mad. On or, defense? Or, yeah. So it might, but the question becomes, like, is it going to get worse? Well, that's like true. if it sucks already, yeah, that's true. Then like I just I'm going to make it real uncomfortable, where I'm going to call you out on stuff, and I don't think making uncomfortable people uncomfortable is bad. If no, they're I don't doing either. something that yeah, is hindering a child's education, then this is what I'm here for. I'm here for this work. Right. I'm not here to like for whatever nonsense you're doing. And when I had that issue uh, with the one guy. Uh, I mean, I've told this story before. I walked out of class. He yelled at a kid and kicked them and then wouldn't leave. And I just went to admin and I was like, I'll never. And I realized that that's not everyone's situation. <laughs> but that wasn't the first time that I went and said, like, I'm not going to work with this person. Y'all need to figure it out because I'm not because this is like, I'm going to lose. It's it. not part of your job. No. And I don't want right. to lose my cool. Like, right, I don't want right. to yell at someone like I want to. And because I'm not here for that. Yeah. I'm trying to make education awesome. <laughs> like you and you're. You know, hindering that yeah all right are you ready for the next one i am dawn is up next. that one got me a little fired up so yeah uh, dawn's up next asking i find myself spending so much energy and time with my students that when i get home i don't have the energy to put into my own family how do you recommend i find a work life or work family balance this is such an awesome question dawn and i'm i have a video coming up about this where i talk about my uh evening routine um in part, I realized several years ago, I heard somebody say this. I th maybe it was Kevin Hart was talking about this idea of, I forget. Either way, I I'm trying to give credit where credit's due. But my feeling was I didn't want to give other people's children the like more than I could give my own kids. I wanted to be able to give my own kids when I came home that same level of energy, commitment, and love. And what I found was that I wasn't doing that. So for me, that took boundaries. And those boundaries sometimes looked like I realized that uh, I want my classroom to be a safe space. I want kids to be able to eat in there. But there were times, especially in my last year in Philly, where things were so hard and the admin was so terrible that I needed to have lunch by myself or I would have like a, the, the core group of dudes. Like I'd have like six dudes that I could, that were my guys that would come in. I would say, listen, I'm having a really difficult day. I'm not having a conversation today. I need to just sit at my desk with AirPods in and like listen to a podcast or, or like have a quiet moment where I would like, they don't need to know this, but like I would pray or, or I need to step out for a minute or like, just they would know, so I wouldn't have to, I'm not trying to pour into anyone on any level, not to talk about your girlfriend or the football game last night. It's like, I need a moment. It was drawing, having boundaries like that. It was putting it in my budget that I'd go spend $2.15 every single day to go get a medium cup of coffee from, or two eighty five from. I don't know why I had to make that distinction, but from Dunkin' Donuts every day and take the seven minute round trip that I would step outside when I needed to and just like stand in fresh air and in the sunshine for a minute. Um, it was figuring out that although it was easier, so I typically do my grades and emails like at the end of the day and I so that I don't take work home. What I was finding was that sometimes taking work home and just dialing into that for my dining room table was a whole lot easier than staying at school because being at school meant being like on 
which meant kids were, I mean, my room is that room that like kids were always, always, always coming in for fun stuff, for needy stuff, for uh, whatever. And so I found that if I can go home, but I'm staying at school for an hour or four, I could just get done in 20 to 30 minutes tops and doing things like sometimes coming home and I would pull over on the side of the road before I got to my house and recenter myself. I'd be mindful about what I was listening to on my way home. I would come home and go right to the gym so that I felt better. It helped because going to the gym, and I talk about this in the new video coming out, never makes me feel good. It just makes me feel less crappy. So I was able to adjust my mindset and my like my physicality like and and show up better at home. And it was it wasn't any one of those things that worked. It was a combination of me trying stuff like, all right, this week, I'm going to leave at least two days, like right after the bell rings. Like as soon as I'm legally allowed to leave school, contractually allowed to leave school, I am in my car and leaving no matter what. If a kid is crying, I will try and get them in touch with someone else or handle this as quickly as I can. But like by and large, I'm out of the, I'm out the door. And you'd be surprised. Like if y'all stay late and you start leaving on time, like you feel like you get it feels like not just an hour at home. It feels like tons of extra time. You're like, oh, it's like daylight out still. This is crazy. And you start building that in. I also would go home and get changed. So I wouldn't just wear work clothes at home. It was finding all these little ways to show up, to transition, take my kids out somewhere. So we'd go on what we call not so extraordinary adventures, which is just adventures that I keep the bar really low on because if they suck, then <laughs> hey, it wasn't supposed to be extraordinary anyway. And we even do a chant when we're out on them where I yell, not so. And Brody says, extraordinary. And Marley says, adventure. And then we just, it was like, let's figure out how to do this. The other thing, last thing I'll say, Dawn, is realizing that my kids don't need that much from me. Even when they're little, it was like, I can play with you for 30 minutes and we're playing toys. We can lay together and watch a movie or a TV show. We can go take a walk. We can go to the park because especially with teenagers now, they want their own time anyway. So when they, when I can tell that they are feeling a little starved for dad attention, I can just take them out for an hour and they're good. So it's not feeling like I have to overcommit anything either, but it's eating dinner together. It's starting to figure out those little ways that you're going to tip the scales so that they're a little bit more balanced so that you're giving your kids the best of you as well. I would say on a note for like moms specifically, moms have generally like the typical average household. It's like mom is doing the laundry, the cleanup, the like bathing little ones at night or mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature. So I don't think it's just coming home and like entering into like home life, like enjoying it and having energy just to enjoy, but it's also the work end. It's like more work. It's another, it's another job sometimes for a mom. So I think it's like finding ways to like have your household and not saying that you're not doing this, but like have your household be a team, like even little ones, how can they get involved in like, you're delegating things with, with your team, with your family. And it's not just all on you or on mom's shoulders. It's like, can you do sheet pan dinners that are really quick and easy? Have one night a week that's a takeout. Maybe it's on Wednesday. Um, like things of that nature also, I think can help um, offset that. Yeah. Having kids clean up. So one of the things that we yeah. started doing, so to the question earlier, about why is my wife, why are we both on here now? Because I wouldn't have given that answer. I would have <laughs> never given that answer. And because I don't think of things that way, because that's not like when we kind of like have split duties in the house. That's not like no one wants me to cook because we'll eat tomorrow. That's what will happen. Um, or we will have Chinese food again and again and again. But the, I think the cleanup thing, we would make a game. So I make a game out of everything, yeah. right? And that helps. It helps your energy. It helps yep. their energy. Like then you're not fighting, like getting people to have to do things and participate and that, that whole routine. No, that it's, can happen. So we started doing, um, what did we call it? What was the cleanup? 700 second or six. It was like 900 second cleanup or yeah. something like that. And my kids were like, oh, that's it. And then of course they asked Siri and she well, told they them. they figured that, out like, it was like really just 10 minutes yeah, of solid cleanup, but we changed it but into it, the seconds. When they were little, little, we would put on 
a Mary Poppins record and we would put on Step in Time. And for the length of the song, and so if you've ever, if you remember this song, it's a really quick paced song, Step in Time, Step in Time. And so, are you going to sing it, Frank? Yes. And so we would like, I would start dancing and singing it, and then we would put stuff away as fast as we could. So the kids would be like, I'd be like, all right, these stuffed animals go upstairs, and they have to run upstairs as fast as they can because it's Step in Time, man. And the, Song gets faster and faster and faster. And then at the end of that song, we're done cleaning up. But you'd be surprised how much you can get little, you know, children to, that are hauling butt through the house to get stuff done. And we fe- we figured out a way to like, just like Mary Poppins, sprinkle, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps the magic go, or spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down uh, just by doing stuff like that helped. And, and yeah. it made it fun. Yeah. All right, uh, Audra, I'm not sure if this is for you or for the crew, but give, Do it. give it a whirl. She's asking, uh, does anyone know how to get into instructional coaching? I plan to get into that and go back uh, to school the next year. I'm ready to explore more options in education. Uh, so I don't, I've never done anything traditionally, Audra. I started a YouTube channel <laughs> and then that provides opportunities that are, I don't know. Like I do mentor. I've mentor call tonight. I do mentoring calls where like folks go on our website, they sign up to speak with me and then I help them. Um, but I don't have a traditional coaching background. I just know what's worked. Like I know how I've won for so many years. And so I just share just like this, you know, I started Sunday night teacher talk. I go into talks places and stuff like that. So um, I, I, I'm interested to see, I'm, I hope someone in here has like a more traditional route. Cause I certainly don't, I would think talking to your school about it also and seeing if there's a position or your district, seeing if there's a position and what you would need to do to be able to move into that and let them know your intentions. Uh, sometimes that helps too. Cause they might put you in charge of like, um, being a mentor or starting the school year off and helping new teachers like assimilate in and figure out like how we best practices for your district or school and things like that. So that might be some really good experience with stuff like that there as well. So here's the second part to that question. Uh, She says, how did you prepare for your exit from the classroom? Um, I feel like yours wasn't just a unique exit, like. But it was a short turnaround. Well, yeah, the decision, I, I think. I, well, actually, that's not really fair. So it took a lot of contemplating. It did. It took a lot of thought, a lot of prayer, a lot of speaking to other people that whose counsel I really um, was important to me. And then it was, for me, it was really listening to where does God have me going next? And because I think sometimes there's something called like a holy discontent, like it's uncomfortable on on purpose because otherwise you're not going to move to the next season that you need to move to, to be the person that you're called to be. And so we need to make this a little uncomfortable to get you to move your butt because otherwise we love comfortability as human beings, right? So it was listening to a lot of that. And like I said in my quitting video, I've always been someone that has tried to follow Jesus with reckless abandon, meaning that when God says move, I'm trying to stay in tune with that. And then I'm trying to really do my best to jump to it. And that that's what leaving education has felt like. And, and so leaving the classroom, I'll say, in that capacity, um, because I, I didn't know how we were going to make a paycheck. I mean, we, we get paid for stuff, but you never know when it's showing up. Like I have two companies I'm working with now. And I'm, they're overdue on paying me and I, and I'm waiting. So things get tight because that money just goes back into your business so you can grow things. But it's, um, it's, it was, it was a little scary. It's still a little scary sometimes, but when you're walking forward in faith and knowing that this is what I'm supposed to do, then I know that's going to work out, right? I wouldn't be called to do something that's not going to work out. So it's, it's kind of moving forward with faith like that too. 
All right, Miss Gonzalez is up next, saying, "Hey, CJ and Jen, I just really wanted to say hi and thank you for all for still continuing to do what you do despite all of your changes. I'm glad you are getting settled and still putting out content, uh, even though I haven't been able to be on the live. I'm glad uh, I can catch up when I can." With that said, how are we managing the transition? So first of all, part of us moving here was to do this better. Like we wanted, we want to do a better job with the work that we've been given to do. So like just more consistency, better quality, more thoughtful offering as much as we can. We found that in Jersey, it was just, we just couldn't get in front of it. And already here, like last week was my first week right yeah. of like really working like monday through friday or i mean we work every day of the week but like it was like you had a functioning studio like yeah that's at the time it was the like week. shot a whole bunch i probably shot five videos last week and like have a list of about 50 other like shorts that i'm going to make like all kinds of stuff got done last week but that was the part of the reason that we moved here and i'll say the flip side of that, I think one of the unexpected, well, we have very low expectations for things like when it comes to other people, but we have had so much family time together with other, with her sisters and family that like last night we went to a dinner where it was her brother-in-law and her sister, his parents, his grandparents, us and our kids all together in this house. And we had lovely. such a great time. But that's happened a bunch of times. Like her mom was in town. She lived about like in New Mexico time. It's only an hour and a half away. Um, <laughs> but they came into town. And then like all our sisters, two of her sisters came over and stuff. And we all, we end up having this impromptu, like big, awesome meal. And we're all laughing. I mean, last night we were just like laughing yeah. and telling stories. And that, that's that been probably one of the best parts of, of, of the transition yeah. and that's what we came for like that was a huge part of what we came for was to have more family time uh like closer it, i haven't had my family like i had my brother and my dad who was in new jersey and they both passed away so new jersey felt very for me i didn't have any family left there um really so being here has been just wonderful awesome. it's been a great transition like we're still working on trying to find the kids a school um, and the best fit for them, but that's probably the hardest part still. Uh, but everything else is going really great. I hope all is well for you too. I know that you guys have had a lot of transition and move and things like that. So I hope it's a lot. It's a lot to just go through and be a part of if anybody, you know, you know, if you've moved, it's, it's tough. Uh, it's a reconstruction and a rebuilding of things, but so far so good over on yeah. this end. So thank you so much. Uh, and her husband moved to like Georgia or something like that. Yes. Okay, I got a question. Uh, that Catholic. Oh, what's that word? How do you say that? Now you're throwing me off. I know. Okay. Anyway, how would you handle a parent asking you about another teacher's behavior slash yelling and wondering if you can confirm witnessing that teacher getting impatient? So. Tell me I, I don't talk to the parent. They're the teacher, <laughs> not you. So the, here's the thing. One is, what is your intuition as to why that parent came to you? Because I've had parents come to me because they just want to talk crap because they know we get along and they're in here and they're like, oh, we're going to talk some business in here. And it's like, I'm not interested in doing that. And I tell parents, I'm not, you, look, I'm not getting in the middle of your drama. Like you want to go all like housewives in New Jersey and I'm not even having that. And I can say that in a playful way and have parents like understand that. Um, the, the flip side of that is there's other parents that come in that like have an issue with another teacher, but they trust me and they either need to come to me to vent. So like Kev's mom would always do this to mm -hmm. me where she'd have an issue with someone else. She'd be like, what? And she'd close my door and she'd be like, we got to talk. And I'm like, oh, snap. Who's, who are you giving the business to now? And so it became a place of, I don't mind I, in my life. I don't mind if people unload on me because they're having an issue with someone else. What you're not going to do is just give me the gift, the unwanted gift of your madness. And then we're going to talk. Like, we're just going to like, like, I don't know, uh, gossip about someone. I have zero interest. 
I'm interested in you getting answers. I'm interested in you being better. I'm interested in you feeling better. I'm interested in you healing the situation. So even like Kev's mom would come in and sometimes it would get to that place and it's like, well, you better, you gotta handle this. Like, here's the, here's what I think you should do. I'm even willing to mediate that situation. So if y'all want to sit down, like I'll sit down with you because I really get along with that teacher also. So I can help like be the middle person here. And when parents want to do that, great. When they don't want to do that, it, I tell them, well, you better tell them or I'm going to tell them. Like, I'm not, I'm not holding on to this secret for you because then that parent, that teacher is going to inevitably come to me and I'm not like going to be stuck in the middle of this crap. So I tell, we call it closing the loop. If you want to tell me something about someone, that's fine. But y'all, you better know that I'm going to push you towards reconciliation. And if you don't, then I'm going to go tell them what you said. And because I, I'm going to make this conversation happen. And people hate that because they're just like, wait, you're going to, especially like my students be like, yo, you're going to rat me out, bro. I'm trying to heal the situation. I'm going to go, I'm going to force your hand to talk about this because I am not holding on to this for you. That's unfair for you to do to me. So if a parent comes in, it's figuring out which way, and then it's trying to help them make the best of it and letting them know, like, if you don't want to take my advice, that's fine. But y'all, you better figure something out. I'll give you a day or two, but I'm going to go and tell them about it too. And I'll tell you what, they're either going to figure it out or they're never going to talk to you about that stuff again. And I'm fine with either one, because if you're not interested in reconciling, I'm not interested in having the conversation. So, because that, that doesn't do anything. Now, look, I think the tricky part real quick is it can feel really good when someone comes to you, right? Like that, that's a, that is an honor that someone, even if they just want to talk trash, that's an honor that someone will come to you and share their feelings, their pain, their, their being vulnerable with you. And I mean, think about high school. It's like, Oh man, like I get to be in on, on the dirt. And so let me get in on this dirt. And, but it is, it's a slippery slope that I don't want to be a part of because I want my school to operate and function well. So I will not engage in those conversations. Um, Aisha called it educational entrapment. Oh, it's a good one. <laughs> uh, okay. You got to do like your hand thing to your, that camera. Hit it. Well, no, I don't do it. Just do yeah, it now. Do, It'll still do it. Yeah, but I can't see if it's working or not. Oh, like that one. It looks blurry. You do. I don't know why that works. Sort of. I know this camera is usually the better one. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Technology. Mysteries in the desert. All right, Mr. Bowen's up next, asking, "How do you sustain, sustainably? Sustainably. Yes. Thank you. Always. Create engaging lessons such as projects. I. The short of it is. I have to find out what my students are interested in. I then connect the pro what do you need to learn with what are you interested in and then put those things together. So for instance, years ago, uh, and when I do talks at schools, I tell this whole long story and I won't go into the whole thing now. Um, cause it's a paid version, Mr. Bolton, no, I'm just playing. Uh, so the, we were doing a project, the students didn't like it. And what I found out was that the they want to do something that was more fun so we were doing something about persuasive essays so instead of just writing a five paragraph persuasive essay first we did uh like a qvc kind of a thing right you had to create a product and then using the elements of persuasion you had to persuade your audience to call now and you know get this free chamois also but like it was what are the elements that you so you write out your your ad you're going to act it out in front of the class you're going to show us your thing that you invented you're going to try and get can you get people to call in and then what were the elements that you used of persuasion to be able to do that so the kids loved that or they other times i had them create like youtube ads so it's like a youtube ad you only get five seconds before someone can click skip ad can you how can you your hook grab us so that we are not clicking off uh, because there were commercials that my students loved and i find this out found this out from my son 
who I, although I pay for YouTube premium, so we don't have to watch ads, he refuses and watches the regular one because he likes the ads. So like when KFC was doing those Kentucky gold commercials, when purple was putting out stuff, um, you know, we're talking about like ads that go like a little bit viral. They like, what did they do to con to connect with you? And and so it's trying to help kids figure that out. Like, how are we, what are you interested in and how am I going to turn that into something else? So, but that takes a little bit of like, well, what could like, listen, y'all, I have to teach this, but I'm really having a hard time figuring out like a project we could do this. Does anyone have an idea? Like what's an idea that we could have to learn about this and see what your students say. And then um, another thing I ask my students all the time is I think I just asked this, this was on Thursday's, last Thursday's video also, a question I ask students regularly, not all the time, but regularly, is what is something that old people like me don't know about, but young people like you are super into right now? So like help me to be a little bit more relevant. What are y'all into right now? And I mean, I remember finding stuff out before, like knowing like before anybody was on Clubhouse, like knowing that Clubhouse was a thing, knowing when like different features are showing up in social media, knowing what shows, what movies, like what are the things you're into? And then me sitting with that and going, how can I connect that thing to what we have to learn? And it doesn't have to be all encompassing. It's just like, how can I use this to like get us to introduce us into this thing? That's what I'm looking for. Like Five Nights at Freddy's, that just came out. Five Nights at Freddy's. If you don't know um, that, like, it took years for it to come out, yeah. like an insane. It's a, it's so it's a video know. game that was turned into a movie. I'm surprised my son's not bursting through the door right now. So he went yesterday. Uh, at like 2.30 in the afternoon and I didn't think I anyone was going to be there. I, we, but we thought there was going to be like when just we bought you guys. tickets, there was only like two other people, but it was a packed theater. Yeah. So all the nerds came out of all that thing. Kids. Like all the same kind of nerd as my son. Like <laughs> there was a kid with a Hawaiian shirt on and a bow tie. And I was like, oh, these are your people coming out of here, man. And kids that like left school early to but go it was a big thing because it took a long time for it to come out so if you have students who are five nights and freddy fans like you if you hear that around it's like that's what they're talking about because it just came out and there's lots of controversy about was it a good movie or not yeah fans loved it but people on youtube yeah. don't love it so it's looking it's for thing. those pieces and then using them in your class all right nick is up next uh, asking best practices for learning terms and vocab in social studies. Making flashcards is taking too long and want to make it more student involved. So when I do, uh, so I do two, di so different ways. Uh, terms, I put the term up on the board. I'll give guided notes instead of writing down the whole thing. However, writing, the studies show help students remember more. So I try and give them, especially classes that can handle it. If I have lower level classes, students that take a longer time to process, students that are struggling with dyslexia, like there's other pieces there that um, that might allow me to give kids a more filled out uh, form. But if kids can handle, I want them writing as much as possible because I want them to, because the studies show that writing things by hand helps commit it to memory better as opposed to typing it. So, or just being given a sheet doesn't, it's useless. So I'm doing guided notes and I had them write it down for a term. So if we're going through, like we're gonna read Shakespeare and I want kids to know what comic relief is, I will show them a 60 to 90 second clip from a TV show or a movie that's connected to that. So the slide comes up, here's the words that you have to fill in. There are different colors. So that you know, you can see them, you're putting them on your paper. I explain what it is and I say, what a really good, um, it really, what am I thinking of? Of like, I'm forgetting terms, but like comic relief might be, um, oh gosh, I don't know. Any movie that has comic relief, I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking of something like, it might be like Marvel did this excellently. They had comic relief, they had super serious moment. Someone says something that breaks the tension. If I had 
illusion, right, was a term. Family Guy, excellent example of, of a show that uses illusion with an A, not an I. So that was one way. For vocab, it's about touching it as many times as possible. So terms are usually aren't as many. Vocab, there's a lot. There's five to 10 new words every single week. And then my vocab list grows to about 25 before I reset and we start again at five or 10 words. So for that, it was words on, on uh, Monday, just filling out the cards and it has a picture next to it. If I get this right, Tuesday is a meme or a GIF that goes along with that. So I want um, GIF or GIF, however you pronounce it. But it's like, here's like, so we're gonna, I'm gonna throw a meme up on the board and you have to figure out, hold up your card. So you have to have your cards, hold up your card to let me know exactly like what the answer is for this. Wednesday is Music Wednesday where I play a song or a music video that somehow either the video or the lyrics are somehow connected to a word. So then I'm doing that. Thursday was a quiz. We would do like a, like a fun quiz um, in like some kind of silly way that would like help kids to engage with it. And then Friday was an assessment. So those, and none of these took a ton of time each year. Once I had like the basic idea, sometimes I had to switch out the, songs a little bit but not all the songs were cool i would use everything from i mean sometimes it would be something like like a kid cuddy song or something like that that my students were listening to or or the new drake song or whatever and then other times it was like neil diamond or slayer or motley crew or nwa like it was like stuff that i wasn't trying to be cool i was trying to find the right song to explain what you know guile meant and so that helped to kind of push the, the needle. And I'll tell you what, Music Wednesdays, the, like kids looked forward to Wednesdays because they loved Music Wednesday. So it was awesome. All right, here's your next question. Got it. Um, have you guys discussed how much, um, oh, whoops, I didn't put it. My butt really hurts right now. I just want to I know, these are not, we switched we're, to stools. We're sitting on stools. Because I don't know what happened in, that maybe this new room we're so low because the like, southwest is shorter um, <laughs> than the northeast so i want to say my all of a sudden hurts. we were like all short on the like, thing oh, but now i'm here. sitting on like this metal stool and makes my back hurt to be honest your boy is too skinny old. of a butt to sit on here anyway <laughs> jamie smith's question next right, he's asking have you guys discussed how much kids gaslight teachers it seems to be getting worse the dishonesty has been getting to me lately too how do y'all handle that um well, Jamie, I have a whole video on that about getting uh, about dealing with student gaslighting. So I would I would say check that out because it's going to give you a, a more thoughtful answer than I'm going to be able to just muster right now. But I would say, you know, a lot of this comes down to having conversations with students about uh, it's it's. I'll give you two two pieces of advice. One is having the real conversations about like, um, what do we want here? Do you just want to be right? Or do you want to grow as a human being? Right. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Right. So it's, I feel like when I'm, when I'm addressing you in class, this is what I think I'm seeing. This is, these are the behaviors that I'm seeing and they are not moving us forward anywhere. So then maybe asking also, how would you rather me address it? And that's a real question, right? Like, and I, that's going to bother some teachers, but it's going to bother people because they think kids just do what they say, but not everyone deals with stuff the same. Like I was just talking to someone the other day, uh, I was talking to Mason about this, how I stopped playing sports when I was about 12, almost 13, because that's the age that they started yelling at us on the field. And it went from fun and you could do it, buddy, which helps me grow to come on stop going so slow and i was like oh done freaking i'm out of here and uh, <laughs> i don't respond well to that so it's about finding how how the best respond to your students um and it doesn't mean you have to do everything they say and it doesn't mean that you have to pander to to everything they like like you know sometimes they're not gonna have the option in school or in life but i also want them to self-advocate i also want them to speak up for themselves i also want them to share uh, what's on their hearts and on what's on their minds. It doesn't mean I have to do exactly what they want, 
but it's a good place to meet kids and show them that you're trying. The other thing is I just don't have those conversations in class. Like what, what I mean is a kid goes, uh, it wasn't even me. I didn't even do it. And you're like, well, I saw, I saw the water bottle in your hand and then I saw it leave your hand. And then I saw it hit a kid. No, you didn't. that wasn't me. It's not, I didn't throw that. It is. I'm not interested in convincing. I know what I saw. If I didn't do it, please come and see me after class. I'd be more than happy to have the conversation or come at the end of the day or come during lunch day. Give a time and a place for the kid to speak up. But I am not having these conversations right now because this class isn't about you. It's about us. And so I need to keep this moving and I'm not going to lose the class for a single student, right? I, if I have to send that student out, if I have to write them up, if I have to move their seat, I am more than willing to do it because I need to keep the majority together because this child is having an outburst or a breakdown. That is not something I can handle right now, right? If it gets to that point, like we're in full freak out mode because I didn't even, I didn't even stab him with my pencil. And it's like, but we saw, it. we all saw, it. we saw it happen. Um, it's just, I'm going to keep going. I understand what you're saying. Come and speak to me after class because I, I want you to have the time. I want you to get the attention. I want you to be able to express yourself. But right now, it's not gonna. It, that's not gonna happen. One, because you're all hyped up, and two, because this isn't about both of us. So I'm gonna move on. Um, and then if a kid tries to mumble, talk under their breath, say something, I need you to please step in the hallway. And then that's it. And then I call someone to come and get. Them. Um, just a follow up. She says, uh, my problem is I get too heated about it. I need to stay calm and come from a place of love, but it is hard, but it keeps happening. But you can fake that. Right. So like, and, <laughs> and they don't know. Well, that's also how you grow, right? It's not faking it, but it's like, you have to just do it to grow into the yeah. person that can handle that. And here's the thing you have to remember too. Um, Jamie is that teachers on average, make more decisions a day than an emergency room doctor. Now, are all of them as life or death? No, but that's not my point. They may, I think I, I, it is like one of the highest percentages of like, or rated one of the highest of like, with regards to who is doing the most, making most decisions. So when you're going through a day and you're dealing with decision-making fatigue and maybe some secondary trauma, and all the other crap, and then a kid does something that they they do that, it is, it's not like you just can handle it all the time. It's, it's similar to this. I, I read somewhere that when you're driving, the reason people get so pissed when someone cuts them off, when they're driving too close to them, when they don't go and when the light turns, it's a green arrow. I mean, what are you doing? It's because you out of a scale of zero to 10, just driving puts you at a seven. You're, you're looking around, you're paying attention to so much stuff. So much could go wrong. You're already on a seven. So think about that when you're in class, that when a kid does that, it's not like you're starting at zero and they just got you to seven or 10 right away. Right. It's like, I was already at a higher number. And so I have to fake it. So this is how I do it sometimes, even like, so sometimes if I have to raise my voice at a student, I'll raise my voice. But now I know that this has ruined the whole class. I know that there was no funniness or silliness or anything. So what I do is I get that student out of the classroom. And then I turn around and I go, listen, y'all, was that believable? Did I pull that off? They're like, what? You were kidding? Like, you were just playing. I'm like, oh, I'm like, you guys don't get to get me, man. Like, I can control my own, my own emotions. And really inside, I'm like seething with <laughs> anger. But I play it off like I'm not. I just act like I'm not angry. Because it's not about me not, it's not about me being or not being angry. It's about the kids seeing me get like that. And so I just pretend that I'm not. And I had to, something I had to get good at over the years. Some days I'm better, some days I'm not. Uh, but my students also need to know that I'm a real human being with uh, real feelings and that I do get aggravated. And I tell them, I don't get aggravated because of what you're doing. I'm getting aggravated because you're getting in charge and you're getting in the way of your own success. I just want you to win. And you're actively trying to help yourself lose. And it pisses me off because I know where that ends up. You're going to be living in your mom's basement next to the Christmas decorations for the rest of your life.
All right, I know we're over time, but we're going to answer this one because do I it. think it's a really good one. I don't want to leave Lillian hanging. She's asking, uh, hey, CJ, do you have advice on how to build relationships with students when you cannot eat lunch with them and you cannot shake their hands when they walk in? I teach at a school where kids eat separately. Uh, I Can you sneak in? Just put a disguise on? I think it's about creating small moments here and there. Small moments are everything. It is... Can you be in the hallway when they're passing between classes? Can you be outside when they get to school? Can you be outside when they're leaving school? Can you make intentional time in class to just like ask students specific questions, whether you're doing journal entries or you're doing uh, some kind of intake form or end of the class, like we have a couple minutes left and hey, let me just, I just want to ask like, what's been going on? What are you guys up to? What's going, what's cool right now? Like I said earlier that I wouldn't know about. Um, did anyone see this new movie? Is this movie like something that's just super hyped up and, and no one's going to see it? Or are you interested in seeing it? It's like looking for moments. And I'm going to tell you this, Lillian. We will find the moments that we're looking for. So if I look at my day and I figure out where are a few minutes that I can be in the hallway, that I can be in front of the school, I can be at the student pickup to just connect with kids it sometimes only takes that little bit. Um, do I want to tell this story? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say, but this I always is, say go This go is for a it. little moment that I'm not asking, this is not a flex, I'm not asking anyone to, to do this, but it did have a huge impact. Um, the short of it is, I once told a young woman in a letter that when she graduated that she belonged everywhere. And you see this in my office, I have this up all the time. Years later, about 10 years later, she's married. She has four kids, um, is happy as could be. And I get, a, I get a text message that she had gotten in my handwriting written on her forearm. Uh, she had tattooed, you belong everywhere. And there's a whole long story to that as to why she felt that way and stuff. But the reason I tell that story, and I tell this a lot when I do presentations, is that it's these little moments that we disregard not having to have these big giant chunks of time like I have with my students, like eating lunch with them or driving them home from school or they're always in my classroom, things like that. But in fact, these very small things, because I'm gonna tell you what, I don't remember writing that letter. I don't remember giving it to her, um, but she remembered. And so it's finding those small moments that are gonna have these giant impacts on your students' lives that are huge. So tomorrow when you're in school, it's like starting to look for where are the little, where can these little moments happen? Where do I have to be? Or how can I pull this off? That's going to make this into something incredible. So yeah, there's a story I don't ever tell that I ended. It's a nice to talk with. Um, but listen, gang, if you're not on Instagram, uh, we're doing a family, whole family, coordinated uh costume. Uh, costume this year for halloween so you want to check that out on all fits on together Tuesday. perfectly yes so um <laughs> it's it's worth it's worth checking out but that's it if, hey if you're not in our facebook group too please go over there and check that out it's only filled with educators and if you wouldn't mind please hit the like button on this that's uh you know however many people watch this each week hitting the like button it just helps us get into the algorithm it doesn't do anything wrong on your end um doesn't like like they're not just going to start sending you weird videos or something like that. Just hit the thumbs up. It helps us out. Um, and that's it. We will see you all next week. Anything else? Nope. Cool. Peace.